Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Let me do a quick intro. <clears throat> the gentleman I'm about to bring up here, his name is Stu Heineck. I've known him for several years now. I don't know, it's at least five or more years now we met. And he's not only a Wall Street Journal award-winning cartoonist, He's an author, multiple-time author. He's an entrepreneur with his own business, and he's also an award-nominated marketer, right? So he's, he's got all kinds of accolades, tons of accolades. Um, in addition, he's my friend, and he's also part, we're part of a mastermind that we get together every week. So I intimately know this book inside and out. We've talked about it literally for a couple of years now while he's been writing it. So I would like to welcome my friend, Stu Heineck. Welcome to the show, Stu. Hey, Dennis. Nice and good to join you again. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, listen, Stu, you know, we're here today to talk about your new book, all right? And I'm excited because we've literally talked about this hundreds and hundreds of times over the last couple of years as you've been writing it. The, the obvious question is, what in the heck does we do weeds have to do with being a freight broker or running a business or an entrepreneur? Tell us a little bit about that. Give us a quick intro and then we'll pull that apart. Sure. I mean, just just generally, um, you know, anybody in business, we need a model to build our growth on. And so, um, and there, there are a lot, there are blue, blue Ocean Strategies is out there, and there are others, Vern Harnish's, um, the, the, gaz, the gazelles and so forth. You know, I, you know where it came from, because I've been saying for to you for years that everybody knows what it means to grow like a weed. We've watched weeds grow all around us all the time. And, and we see how, just how voracious a grower, sorry, just how voraciously they grow, I should say. What I, I got very curious about, well, what is it exactly that they're doing? And we can see it and we know that they're hard to, like, if, you know, they're hard to control in our lawns, in our gardens, all that stuff. We know all that. And we think they're pests, et cetera. But what are they actually up to? What are they using? What are the mechanisms they're using? And is there a model that they all use that we can use? And it turns out, yes, there is. So, so that's pretty neat. Now, so that relates to, to the freight brokerage um, business, but it relates to all businesses. For freight brokerage, I think what's really interesting is the times that we're in right now. You know, we, you look at what weeds do, they disrupt. They disrupt our yards, our gardens. They disrupt any open patch of ground. I mean, there's a lot to admire about that. But, you know, one of the things that they do is that we know from working in our yards that if you go out like, oh my God, look at the weeds. <laughs> I gotta get, we gotta get rid of them. If you start like yanking some weeds, you watch when they have the most amazing strategies at work. Some I have, I have a weed here that, um, or we have. I'm, I'm on an island a little bit north of Seattle, so we have a weed called shotweed here. And in in August, when the weeds are are drying up and so forth, and you look and say, oh my God, look at all these stupid weeds. I gotta get them. If you grab a handful of these. They, they have seed pods that are spring loaded and they fling out hundreds of seeds by pulling up a piece, just by yanking, just by looking at them almost. You have launched more, a lot more weeds in your yard. So that's a great defensive uh, um, strategy, isn't it? And, and, and then, you know, they just, they've got all sorts of other strategies for, for mitigating risk and mitigating damage. When you grab a weed and you get just a part of it, you're, they're mitigating the loss. They're mitigating the, the damage that you're able to do, which is that you want to pull them up. You want to get rid of them. So we know that recession, I mean, we're talking about recession now. And, 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 um, and I think that freight brokers are in a great position actually to weather the recession well, because 
people don't, I mean, companies don't stop shipping things. So does it, I, so I think you're just in a, in a perfect position still to grow, even in, in recessionary times, although you'd be more of an expert on that than I would, Dennis. Yeah. So, all right. So the picture, let me just unpack what you just said really quick. The picture that came to mind when you talked about that defensive strategy on trying to, you know, defend themselves. The thing that comes to mind is, is the old picture of the dandelion, right? Everybody sees that dandelion in their yard and it starts out all pretty and yellow. And then all of a sudden it goes whites out. And then all of a sudden all these, you know, if you pick it, all the seeds fly all over and then it propagates. And then now you've got a hundred more dandelions growing in your yard. And when you shared that picture with me the first time, you know, it immediately hit me, right? It hit me that that being like a strategy, it's resilience, it's a growth strategy, it's a it's almost like virality, right? In your business. So I mean, when you gave me that scenario, one of the first times we started talking about this, it just it just made a lot of sense to me. So why don't we pivot from the whole concept of the weed and what you've learned from the weed and let's bring it back more into how it relates back to business. Because I know there's a couple of things you talk about. Um, in the book, there's lots of stuff here. Okay. The, the book is, and we're going to give you guys a link where you can get the book, um, you know, towards the end here, although you can pick it up at any, you know, any place you want, but I think Stu's going to make a, uh, an offer for you, a special offer for you at the end because you're attending this live. So, but let's talk a lot about this. Let's talk a little bit about mindset because, you know, you talk about in the book, you talk about, you know, irre- irrepressible optimism you know, you've got ruthless persistence, brutal urgency, fearsome aggression, nimble, you know, adaptability and alien resilience. Why don't you pick one of those different, you know, mindsets and let's kind of talk it, pull it apart a little bit and kind of how it relates back to business itself. Because I think mindset is one of those things that gets uh, kind of pushed under the rug a little bit, right? It's not the, it's not the, the flavor of the day marketing or sales tactic, right? It's a little bit more esoteric. So why don't you talk a little bit about one of those and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. And, and first I should just explain that I, I mentioned that weeds, I, I wondered, well, do weeds have a model? And, and if they do, what is it? And can we apply it to our businesses? And so the basic of it, the basics of it are that weeds leverage a fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that's been honed over millions of years and programmed directly into their DNA. That's it. That's what they do. Mindset. I mean, how on earth can something with no brain have a mindset? What a crazy concept. What a crazy, crazy concept. But if you watch weeds at work anywhere, if you, if, particularly in your, in your yard because you're around over a period of time. So you see how voracious they are. There's nothing stops them. So you can see that that while there isn't a brain in residing in each of these plants, there's sort of a collective intelligence behind them all. And you can definitely see an evidence of, 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 of just a very fierce mindset. You can see that they're adaptable and resilient and because they keep coming back. Yeah, that <laughs> alien resilience, the one that yeah. I think of is that when I step off on the other side of my yard, you know, we've got the curb and the road. And it seems like invariably, I have no idea how it happens, but invariably weeds grow through the cement and not only do they grow but they flourish and if you leave them alone next thing you'll know you'll have an entire freaking garden in the in the crease between your road and your curb in that cement and i and i often wonder i I, you know it drives me crazy because it's a pain in the butt to get the weeds out there right because you can't just spray them they take forever to die you kind of got to shovel them out 
And so that kind of brings it back to that mindset of they're figure, they're finding a way, right? They're yeah. about as resilient and adaptable as you can get. And I guess when you share, when you bring that back to entrepreneurship or becoming a freight broker, obviously imagine some of the most successful people, you know, in the freight brokerage space or as entrepreneurs, they had tons of obstacles when they first started, right? And there yeah, was tons yeah. of resistance and there was yeah. there was tons of challenges, but they found a way, they, they adapted, they were resilient. So when you start talking about these attributes and mindsets of weeds, I, there's a direct parallel to the success of any entrepreneur. I mean, that's yeah, kind of where you're going with that whole process, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you think about, let's say, um, Elon Musk, now he's not a freight broker, but um, but he's an entrepreneur. And and he wishes you know, he was. Oh, I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but if you watch his process for developing, well, let's say, well, you know, he's developing Starship, but before that, he developed the Falcon booster system, and. I, I think a lot of us have forgotten already that he shot a lot of those things up and then they come, they came down and crashed and burned. And, you know, but he was, he was trying to do something new. He was trying to do that propulsive landing of, of, um, of boosters that had never been done before. Um, and, and so he, you can see him try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and then suddenly try and succeed. And when he's doing it, he's doing it at such a scale and at just such a, a level that suddenly he's doing things that no one else can do or never, no one else has done before. And I know Jeff Bezos has, has his, uh, his rockets that also land propulsively, but Elon is sending, sending pay, payloads to the, to the to the um, space station and uh, just into orbit, all uh, it's fully functional, and those things take off and land, either on landing pads on on the land or on drones. And it's so, I mean, we've gotten so used to the fact that that that, that it works, but there was a long time before it before they ever stuck a landing, and then you know then you start seeing well then they're sticking more and sticking more. Now it's I, I don't think any of them missed a landing for years. And and you had he has boosters that have been used up to five I'm sorry maybe nine times something like that, and that all came from this alien resilience really I mean that's he he, he builds that into his process he knows he's going to fail he keeps trying keeps refining, but he knows that every time he fails he's going to he's going to learn something and and he knows that the end I guess he always says his eye on the end prize which is I'm going to pull off something no one else has pulled off before, so certainly in in the freight freight brokerage business, um, there will be a lot of trying and failing. Um, I mean, that's kind of the nature of selling too. That's always happening, but you're going to have some stick. And the more of those landings that stick, the more successful you're going to become. And, and it's all about sticking with it. It's about being persistent and, and adaptive as well. And about being optimistic and about all those parts of the, of the weed mindset that I mentioned in the book, but that alien Alien resilience is just incredible. Then, as you also mentioned, the weeds that show, that show up in the cracks in in the concrete, and which is kind of what, that's I spotted a dandelion a long time ago in a crack in the freeway median, and that's what what prompted me to write the book. And and um, there are some plants that are some weeds that'll grow underneath roads and underneath houses to reach the other side. They they just don't give up, and they put in a lot more work than everyone else is willing to do. And I think that's the secret. Certainly, it's a it's got to be a secret to success in freight brokerage. Yeah, well, I tell you, it's funny as you're talking. I, I was thinking about the hundreds of conversations I've had with past students about 
that have come out the other side. You know, they had, they found success, but nobody ever wants to talk about or think about, you know, the first weeks and months and even sometimes years that they went with little or no success um, as they, you know, as they persisted, as they, you know, built their resilience, as they built their skills, as they developed their honed their craft, as they found their niche, as they went through these processes. And nobody wants to kind of talk about that. But the common denominator with almost all of them is they all went through significant trials and tribulations early on. And I think that's where that mindset comes in. If you don't have that strong mindset, you're the one who quits you know, with just the slightest bit of resistance or the, just the most minuscule obstacles. And it's just not going to work that way. Whether you're Elon Musk or you're a freight broker, you know, you're going to have to have the right mindset. And I think the weeds are a great example of that. And we just shared some good examples of exactly, you know, how you could see that in nature, but how it relates back in business too. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about strategy. Okay. Because in addition to mindset, mm -hmm. mindset is great, but you've also got to have a winning strategy. And that's a big part of, of the weed, of the weed strategy. And it's a bar, big part of their plan. It's a big part of the book. So in the book, you talk about seed strategy and seed pod strategy and thorn strategy and segmentation and, um, and vine and root and soil strategy, all these different strategies that weeds leverage as a way to grow and scale and multiply, right? And to, and to dominate and to take over your yard and, <laughs> and, and the universe, it seems. Let's pick one or two of those strategies and kind of pull them apart and see if we can relate them back to uh, maybe how, how freight brokerage works or just business in general. We can connect the dots there. So, um, so I'm going to say again, the, the sort of, sort of the proportion of the portion of the weeds strategy model that we're talking about is that they never do anything without an unfair advantage. So they're always looking to either create, well, they have unfair advantages They're I think they're always looking to create new ones. I mean, that's their evolution. Um, and certainly we need to do the same thing in our businesses. We need to have unfair advantages. And by that, I don't mean like they're actually unfair. I just want our competitors to feel like they're unfair. They're not <laughs> illegal. They're just unfair. Nothing illegal, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, just, they're hard to match, right? Right, so, right, right, right. Um, but, but those are like, those act as force multipliers against collective scale, against scaling everything up. So that's, that's how they work. Um, unfair advantages. I mean, what, you know, one one of my favorites is is seed strategy because that seeds are analogous to anything that causes people to become aware of us and form the intent to transact with us. Um, I've been in the marketing business my whole career, and and so my my goal always for my clients and in the in the campaigns that I create for them is I'm trying to create an unfair advantage for. Well, I usually do create an unfair advantage for them, I and mean, that's the value of it. And, and it wasn't until I studied weeds and the weed strategy that I realized, okay, I see exactly how this fits into the, the whole growth, whole of, of growing something. And, and so, you know, I just, I'm struck by the fact that you also, I mean, your, your courses are giving, the whole purpose of your courses is to give your students unfair advantages in the marketplace, in the freight brokerage marketplace. So I wouldn't say that those are exactly seeds, although you're teaching them to put seeds out when you teach them how to, to do the no, no cold calling selling. I mean, sales calls are seeds. That's causing people to become aware of you. And form, I mean, it's one of the basic, most prominent um, forms of seeds here is, is making sales calls because that's how people become aware of you and form the intent to, the intent to literally transact with you. And so you got to put a lot of those out and you've got to, um, I mean, actually you can just see in the example of seeds that 
they have highly mobile seeds, which I guess was sort of analogous to really um, compelling reasons for doing business with us or compelling reasons to, to pay attention to us. Maybe it's our story. I don't know. It's, but something that causes people to say, huh, so, you know, it's a hook, huh? I got, you know, Dennis, Dennis is interesting. He's a, he's, I got to listen more to what Dennis has to say because he's got something that is of value to me. And, and so, and, but then they also put out a lot of them. They don't give up. They don't, and like, this is all about putting out huge effort to, um, to, to win in, the, in your field. Of course, the field of, of freight brokerage here, but any, in any field. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so the analogy is, or a analogy is seed strategy in a lot of ways is like, like sales outreach, whether that be cold calling or cold emailing or going to an event or just having conversations with your target market, right? With the prospect. So those are examples of seed strategies, right? Yeah. And yeah. so what was going through my mind is you go out there and you're making hundreds of calls and hundreds of outreaches over the course of days, weeks, months, depending upon your business. And, but not all of those seeds are going to germinate. Will you continue with that, ex that example? They're not yeah. all going to germinate. Most of them, most of those seeds are probably going to fall on, you know, the old term hallowed ground, right? It's kind of dead ground and they're not going to turn into anything significant. But some of those seeds, some of those seeds are going to turn into relationships. And those relationships is where it's all going to start, right? Because you can't have really have a customer until they know, like, and trust you. That all revolves around a relationship. And so then that relationship turns into an opportunity and then opportunity turns into hopefully a customer, right? Now or later. So that's an example of how seed strategy works. That's an example of how dandelions do it because they know that not every one of those dandelion seeds that falls off of the dandelion is going to become a, a weed, Right. But many of them will, and it all depends upon you get the right amount of water, the right amount of nutrients. And that's the same thing with the relationships. And anybody that knows me in business, they know that and, and understand that it, it's really about relationships. The challenge with most entrepreneurs and startups is they have a tendency to focus on transactions. They don't focus on relationships. And, and I get it when you're a young business, you've got, you know, you've got bills to pay and you need cash flow and you've got employees and you've got all this stuff. But, you know, the, the challenge is if you're short sighted and you focus on transactions, you know, you're going to you're going to run into a, you're really going to struggle. You really need to focus in on those relationships. And I think that's a, the end product of what we're talking about here for that. That one example of seed strategy. And there's a whole bunch of strategies in the book. Right. You know, there's things, seed pod strategies and thorn and segmentation and Rosetti and Vine and Root. And so all these different strategies. And, and the goal of the book is to kind of give you an analogy or give you examples of how all these different strategies are used in different circumstances for different businesses, for different cases. And I think that's where, you know, if you were to, you know, get a hold of the book or get the audio book or whatever, he's going to make an offer at the end here. Um, you're going to, if all you pulled from it was one or two things, right? that turned into one or two or three customers, I mean, it'd be an incredible ROI for your company. So, all right, anything else you want to add about strategy, weed strategy? Because we only talked about one really quick, but is there anything you want to add about that? Because there's a couple more things I want to cover and then well, yeah, we're going to jump think, into some q &A I think we might, we might want to talk about scale. I think that might be coming up anyway. But um, so Vine strategy is a big part of scaling because you don't do it yourself. <laughs> you know, you, one thing that weeds tell us, show us is that, I mean, if you see a dandelion in your lawn, look up. There's not just one. <laughs> they don't show up on by, by themselves. 
And right. so if it was just one, it would be no problem to get rid of that dandelion. There would be no factor whatsoever. You wouldn't even remember it was there, right? So, but but when you look up and see hundreds of them in your lawn, and you won't realize it, but they they produce fifteen thousand seeds per plant on average over their five to ten year lifespan. That's a lot of. They're, you're not going to get rid of them. So, um, so weeds know, I guess, and or let's say it's just designed in their into their their into their evolution that they do everything at scale, and that's a, we need to do that too. They're just natural collaborators, and that's a big part of. Of, of this as well. Yeah, we talk a lot about scale in our masterminds, right? We talk a lot about scale, whether it be one-to-one scale or having different channels and, and you know, and things of that nature. Why don't we pull that apart a little bit? Let's talk a little bit yeah. about this whole scale concept, right? Where do you want to yeah. start with that? I mean, everything, every business, almost every business starts one-to-one scale, right? And that, that, that has all kinds of challenges. And if you're really going to scale, you've got to break away from that. This is one of the biggest struggles that freight brokers have. Yeah. What they do is they get started and it's all one-to-one scale. Yeah. And so what happens is even if they're successful, what ends up happening is all they did was create a very high paying job. Yeah. Right. Because now they're there, the chief cook and bottle washer doing everything, servicing everything, handling everything, selling everything. And they're making money, but their hair's falling out. They can't take vacations and they're driving themselves crazy. It's going to limit their their growth because at some point their head's going to hit the ceiling. And so that's that one to one leverage is is great to get started. But let's talk a little bit about how we can get beyond that, because I think that's really the secret for most small businesses. Well, I was going to say, you know, we're we're trained first of all just about one to one leverage um, and self. It's really self reliance. It's just a deep sense of or deep use of self reliance. But we're, you know, when you when we first played um, musical chairs in kindergarten, and you you know the first time you played it and the music stopped, you say, well, where the hell's my chair? <laughs> Like, you know, you realize, oh, I see it's a competitive life out there. I better next time I'm going to watch like a hawk. I'm right. going to make sure I don't end up without a chair. You know, then we go, we're told to go go to school, study hard, get good grades, and you're going to get into a good college and and then go to maybe go on to graduate school. I don't know. But then you get a good job, a good paying job. But you can't have you can't scale that. That's not scale. You can't have a thousand jobs. So. So, and, and as entrepreneurs, and it's not just freight brokers, all entrepreneurs have this struggle with one-to-one leverage because we're all self-reliant people. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there too, because I teach myself how to do all kinds of things and that's great. It's fun. I, I love doing them, but I also have to realize I'm not the best at, by, by any stretch. I'm not the best at this um, or better at this than someone who does it as a, as a living actually, who's actually specialized in it. And so one of the really tough toughest things to do as entrepreneurs is to let go of some of that, to stop doing everything yourself. And in fact, if you don't have a team and if you don't delegate, if you don't create a team around you and a network around you, then you will never scale. You will prevent yourself from ever scaling. So the point is that we need to, we need to jump from one-to-one leverage to really to, to let's say at least multi-channel scale. So now you have several channels that you're, you're like, more and more relationships. Maybe you have some partnerships. Maybe that gives you access to some sales channels that you didn't have before, or maybe it's just referral, not just, I should say, these are really important, referral 
partnerships, referral sources are great. And it, it sounds so boring to say referral sources. It's unfortunate because it's really a great part of seed strategy because it's about collaborating to create a much bigger thing. And it happens. It really, really works. Making that one shift will change your business, actually. Yeah, well, you know, there's a big, there's one something I want to comment on there. Yeah. You talked about going from one-to-one to, one to multi-channel. And you just hit on something that was really important. And I want to touch on one other, which was the whole concept of referrals, right? Um, that concept in shipping and logistics is extremely powerful because every location you pick up to and every location you deliver to is a potential customer, okay? Yeah. So if you're picking up from somebody who's not your customer to bring it back to your customer, that becomes a potential yeah. customer. If you're delivering to one of your customer's customers, that becomes a potential customer. You now have that that introduction. It's almost like the guy, the driver that's pulling up to the deck and that conversation or the the shipping um, yard can give you, that opens up that door. That becomes where you can plant a new seed, right? But then the other thing that what, what I did and what a lot of people do to, to go from one-to-one -one scale to, to more multi-channel is that agent business model. I explained to you in the past how when I had my brokerage, you know, it started with just our brokerage and a small inside team. And then we started setting up all these satellite offices, which were kind of like franchises, but they were really agencies freight agencies. And by the time I sold the business, I think we had about 80 of those different locations. And the great part was that gave us that scale way beyond what I could do individually or what our small team could do. And, you know, that, that was kind of going from one-to-one -one scale to, you know, a little bit more collective scale, right? I mean, there are at least multi-channel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you made the leap and you, I know you, you know, you did it too, but I'm just saying that you made the leap from, um, from, just doing it yourself to saying, well, what now? What happens? If, first of all, let's let's start from the basic building block. If you're gonna if you're gonna provide freight services, I guess the one to one, the the, the ultimate one to one leverage is to drive a truck. Right. Okay. If you're an owner operator driving a truck, you have your own truck and you're driving and you're running. Yep. Yeah. That, that's so one to one. You're providing those. You're providing those services directly, right? And and but you can't. There's only one of you, <laughs> so. So, um, so, you know, there's, there's only a certain amount of capacity you can offer anyone. You can only serve one customer at a time, yeah, one load at yeah. a time, if you've only got one truck, right? But if you start, if you start brokering that and start brokering the, the, the driving of others, then all of a sudden you can multiply what, I mean, you multiply everything. You, you multiply your scale. And what you then did is you multiplied your scale further by having, by, by pulling more and more agents or, or, or uh, brokers into your, into your firm. So now you had 80 offices, really you had 80 of you duplicated out there selling all, selling, brokering all these other um, uh, trips that, that, that the, the truckers are making. So you were atop a, um, a pyramid of, I don't know, maybe thousands of truckers actually moving freight all over the place. That's how you scale. And you can't do it if you're doing it. If, I mean, because again, if you're just stuck with one-to-one -one leverage, you're saying, but I'm a pretty darn good truck driver. You know, and people really like working with me. And so I'm going to stick with that, but you can't scale it. Here's a, here's a test. If you are part of the deliverable, if you're part of, of yeah, I mean, just like if, if your labor is part of the deliverable, then you're, that's a sure sign you're at one-to-one -one leverage. And guess what? I wrote that book and I'm at one, I mean, there's lots of places where I'm at one-to-one -one leverage and I'm changing it. I'm changing it as a result of reading the book, actually. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's a great way to kind of wrap it up because we talked about mindset. 
we talked about weed strategy and we talked about scale, whether that be how to go from one-to-one to to multi-channel to more of a collective scale. But before we go, is there anything else you want to add? I think I think you want to make a special offer to the audience where they can get maybe a free free couple chapters of the book or some sort of special yeah, offer. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we cover that first and then touch on anything you want to touch on before we go into Q and A? Yeah, really simple. Um, the, how to grow your business like a weed? Uh, you can go and get the first sure, two yeah. chapters. There's the free. banner right here. Yeah, if you go to so if you go to to my author site, which and the, you can see the. Um, the, the URL right there and over Dennis's shirt, his t-shirt. So if you go there, there's a little form. Don't, don't dismiss it. Sign up, get on my list. Cause you'll be learning a lot more about weed strategy and about how to get meetings with anyone and so on, but go there and there's a little form, fill it out and you'll get an immediate um, access to the first two chapters of how to grow your business like a weed. I hope you'll do it because you know, your, your business is, all of our businesses are able to grow like weeds, which is really cool. It's a really neat thing that we're able to do. Yeah. Listen, here's what I'm going to tell you. Take the free chapter that Stu is offering you and get on his email list because he's going to send you all kinds of information, follow-up information that's not even included in the book. Okay. There's lots of, there's lots of things that you can't fit in a book because we can't make it this big, right? It can't look like the encyclopedia or nobody's going to buy it. And so this just kind of, this is very comprehensive, but there's still a lot under the, you know, behind the scenes that you don't know about. I would highly recommend you guys get a copy of this book. You know, you can literally, um, you know, take the years of research that Stu went through and the years of experience that he's went through as an entrepreneur, and you can have it for 20 or 30 bucks, right? It can be, it could be something that you could refer back to. This isn't one of those things that's going to be trendy, you know, like what's the most recent Facebook ad hack, right? That's going to be obsolete tomorrow or next month. This is something that's timeless. This concept, these are concepts that continue to fuel your business and fuel your, your, um, your entrepreneurship and your freight brokerage for the next decade or beyond. Right. So it's definitely in my eyes, it's an instant classic. And I think you guys should definitely get a copy of it. You can check out and get a free copy or a free, uh, free couple chapters at stuheinick.com. Stu, is there anything else you want to add before we jump into Q and a, I just want to say weeds never do anything without an unfair advantage and neither should you. Perfect. Yeah. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Um, listen, if you want a copy of the book, check it out at stuheinick.com. But for those of you, that are curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent, right? You're trying to hobble this information together on on Google and YouTube and all these different platforms. Go to freightbrokerbootcamp.com. We've trained over 10,000 students, been in business over a decade, okay? Our, Our reviews are amazing. We've had tons of success stories and we offer a 100% unconditional 60 day money back guarantee. If you're not happy for any reason, just let us know, we'll refund your money, okay? So can't get much better than that. Make sure you check out FreightBurgerBootCamp.com and I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.